PK and J. Drew joins us now on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Jay, good morning. Good morning, guys. All right, Jay. BYU, two and three. You've covered them for years. What do you think and know about this team that the average fan doesn't know that would either set their mind at ease or let them know that disaster is imminent and they can at least brace themselves for it or maybe success is imminent and they should keep their keep their dauber up and not not get too wound up about the loss of toledo yeah i mean i just think uh mediocrity is imminent i mean i just think they're just going to keep doing what they do which is go finish around 500 um just uh you know they basically aren't better than a lot of teams they play they have to play near perfect to win, which they pretty much did against USC when they don't play perfectly, like they did against Toledo, missing a couple field goals, you know, having the interception at the end. Uh, then they then they lose, even to even to teams that they probably should beat. So it's just a I called it a, a fragile team, and I, I just think they're they're easily 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 breakable. And uh, I don't know if it's their psyche, their mentality, or just the fact that they're just not really heavily talented. Just, but they're just where they, they are. What they are, I guess, which is just pretty much an average, mediocre college football team right now. I can remember when I was walking across the stage at my college graduation, and they had my announcement, and they followed my name with, "He is." Imminently mediocre, so I can relate to the Cougars. <laughs> <laughs> Imminently, yeah. Mediocre. I mean, I you know there was some there was some hope when they got beat or when they beat USC and they beat Tennessee, but um, I think they were really exposed against uh, Washington. And then again, the other day, uh, the offensive line was supposed to be a strength of the team, and it's just it's not. I mean, they struggle to pick up third and short. Um, Sometimes the play calling doesn't seem to match the personnel they have on the field. And it just, I don't know. It just, uh, um, that loss at Toledo was, was pretty, um, pretty revealing. I think that, uh, I think if BYU fans were hoping for a, you know, a nine, 10 win, even eight win season, I think that probably, uh, sent those hopes crashing down. It's just a team that just not real deep and not real explosive so they have to like i said play almost perfectly to win and and they obviously didn't do that against toledo so what do you think can happen with jaron hall you know i think he'll do well his first game because there's not a lot of tape on him there's and there's not a lot of film out there and i think uh, south florida doesn't look like a very good team so i think he should do well. I think the true test will come against Boise State and Utah State in, in his second and third games. Um, but, you know, he's, a, he's an excellent athlete. He's uh, very confident. It seems like the players are really confident in him, at least the ones that talk to us after the Toledo game. Um, so I think he'll do well uh, off the bat, but I think I think it'll be a little bit like the USC guy, uh, Keaton Slovis. I think 
I think uh, once there's film out on him and teams can adjust to him, that it might be a different story. And and obviously the the talent level of the teams they play will go up in his second and third games. How about that, DJ? DJ Drew saying, I think he'll do good off the bat. I see what he did there. Baseball reference. That was a baseball joke. I got it. He's <laughs> capable of playing two Unintentional, sports. Unintentional, but... Well, <laughs> you'll take it? I'll take it. Just take it. <laughs> so, uh, it's fun to talk about quarterbacks, especially at BYU. There's a long tradition of that. But uh, everybody's running the ball on these guys. BYU has given up almost 221 yards a game. That is ranked 118th out of 130 schools. Why are they struggling to stop the run? I mean, this is really bad news. Yeah, I think part of it is, you know, you got to go back to it's a really young, inexperienced linebacker core. Um, I think that's probably the heart of it. Um, but but if you, I think a little deeper – they don't seem to have an identity. They they go from a you know a three man front to a four man front, and then it it seems like they're still experimenting in a way. They don't they don't really know what they're going to hang their hat on. Um, they rotate like almost like hockey shifts with their defensive linemen, and I know they're trying to keep them fresh and all that, but it seems like they need Kyrus Tonga on the field on every play, and they just don't have that. And um, and and maybe it's because of his conditioning. I don't know. But if I were to put a finger on why they can't stop the run, I I would say, number one, the, the linebacking core is very uh, new, young, and inexperienced. And number two, they just haven't don't seem to have an identity yet of really what they want to do. So since it's imminent mediocrity, that doesn't bode well. What's going to happen then with the administration as far as what they do with the coaches? Wow, that's a that's the whatever sixty four thousand dollar question or whatever it is. I mean, I um, it's just you know it's almost like it's uh, I have different thoughts on it week to week. You know, obviously they beat USC and everyone thinks you know Kalani's maybe bought himself a couple more years and then they they look pretty bad at home against Washington and maybe you can chalk that up to Washington's really good. But then this this loss at Toledo, I think, was was inexcusable uh, as far as Kalani's future goes. It's just there's there's too much funding for this program. They're spending too much money on assistant coaches, as Tom Homo had said a few years ago, that to to go out there and and to to not not beat a, uh, a you know a MAC team, uh, granted an upper level MAC team, but a MAC team nevertheless. So. Uh, I think that was a really damaging loss. Um, what they'll do, I don't know. I mean, honestly, everybody's speculating, and, and I guess I would include myself in that. But um, it's just, you know, Tom Homo is really, he doesn't talk to the media a lot. He really doesn't, if you look at what other ADs do, including Mark Harlan at Utah. So it's really difficult to get a read on kind of what he's thinking. and uh, And so... Who knows? I guess is my short answer. So that's that's probably an accident, huh, Jay? What? That he doesn't talk to the media a lot. No. <laughs> I didn't ask you. No. <laughs> that's probably a what? It's probably not an accident, is it? 
Right. Oh, for, I mean, he doesn't sure. want to be. Yeah, he doesn't want to be grilled on this. It would be hard to answer this publicly. We're not halfway through the season yet, so there is an argument for just letting it play out, and maybe it will all be clear. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's probably what they're going to do. Um, I think uh, you know they got to consider what's this doing to recruiting and other things. I mean, there's a lot of other things to consider, but. Obviously, it, it, it's, it appears that that's the tack that BYU administrators are taking is to let the season play out and then decide. Okay, so with that in mind, going forward, I think most folks have an understanding of what they're up against, and they're up against more than they've ever been up against since pre-Lavelle Edwards days. So with that in mind, if they can find a way to get to eight wins, I think most folks would consider that fairly successful or successful enough under the circumstances how close are they to getting to that? Because it, you say it's eminently average or mediocre, but it doesn't seem like they're that far away from getting to where they could at least sell it as a decent season and a decent program. Yeah, I think I think there's two critical games, uh, and that's Boise State and Utah State. And uh, I think they have to win, win at least one of those. And... Right now, those are looking like big ifs because both those teams appear to be better than BYU right now. Um, and so I think Kalani's record against rivals, those three rivals that everybody talks about, is I think he's 1-10, in 1-9, in nine, something like that. So if they go out and lose again to Boise State at home and then Utah State on the road, that, that would really be tough to ignore if you're a, a BYU administrator. But another bottom line is is how many people are going to show up to that Boise State game and all, but then also down the road when they play Liberty and and Idaho State. And if the fans vote, you know, by not showing up, that's another bad sign for for Kalani, I think. Uh, I would agree with that. I think fans, uh, no one fan has that much power, but all fans together have a tremendous amount of power. So I'm with you on that. And when fans vote with their with their wallet and they do or don't show up, I think that speaks volumes. Um, but I would say, and you can correct me on this if you want, uh, that if they split those two games with Boise State and Utah State, if they beat everybody else, and they're 8-4, and four, and what did you really expect? Yeah, I I I agree, totally agree. I think if they get to eight wins, it's uh, it's you know they can consider it a success, um, but for sure. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think I think they can probably stumble one more time, um, maybe two, uh, maybe that San Diego State game at the end, but uh, but yeah, I don't think they can afford to lose more than two more games and 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 basically keep everybody happy, so to speak, and and keep people saying that it was a successful year. You talk about not having depth. What's been the issue there? They just can't find the players? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things. They, retaining players, you know, everyone knows academically it's a, it's a very difficult school, and it's not only difficult to get kids into, it's difficult to keep them. And a lot of these guys that have been in the transfer portal have left, it's, it's because they haven't been able to, you know, to – cut the mustard academically and um and so that's a big part of it i mean you go back and look when they opened against utah their starting safety was a kid named hayden livingston who's also the holder 
and he's a he's a walk on freshman walk on returned missionary and like they're trying to beat Utah with a freshman walk on <laughs> returned missionary at safety i um, it's just like to me that tells you they have no depth i mean when you're playing a guy and and they did that cuz they moved Diane Gunwalaku to corner and you know there are reasons for that and Zane Anderson was uh at the time was was moved to linebacker but still you just wonder what what kind of what happened to the recruiting when when you're basically having to play you know a guy with zero experience in the opener against your biggest rival i mean that to me that's just illustrative of the of kind of the lack of depth and then you know they've had the injuries to Zane Anderson and other people and and the the backups just just uh there's a big drop off to be honest with you well, Jay, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in. Um, All right. I hope it wasn't too much of a Debbie Downer, but uh, imminent mediocrity kind of yeah. <laughs> imminent mediocrity kind of set a tone for that. I segment. feel great. I know you do. <laughs> Jay, all th- right. Well, it was thanks for coming on, guys.